wonderful old gospel hymn. Now I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Matthew 7, verses 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11. Today we are beginning a brand new series on prayer, a series entitled Adventures in Prayer. In my ten years as your pastor, I've only preached on prayer one other time, and that was a series through the Lord's Prayer, which is different from this. This series, over the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at the great promises regarding prayer that are found in the New Testament. It's a means of encouraging us. I find it very easy to make people feel guilty about prayer, but that's not any part. We already, I start from the presumption that we all already feel guilty because none of us pray as much as we feel like we ought to. So I hope in these messages to encourage you and to help you see the boundless possibilities of prayer. In order to do that this morning, before I look at the text, I want us to do two things. Uh, number one, I would like you, if you are seated on the ends of the rows here of these pews, uh, you will see that on the ends of the rows, you will see there's a prayer calendar here that says April 2000. If you're on the end of either row, I want you to uh, pick up this stack of prayer calendars and pass them down. Pass them down, if you would, please. I'd like every family to have at least one of these. Second, and I'll say something about that in a moment. Second, I want you to reach into the pew rack in front of you and pull out one of these cards. What color this is? Beige, I guess this is what this is. This is a beige prayer card with a memory verse on it. Every week during this series, we're going to give you a memory verse. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to encourage you to believe what God has said. So first of all, regarding the memory verse, I hope everybody will get one. And I want you to look at it. This is Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's this, from my text this morning. Now, would you, holding this card in front of you, would you now say it with me together in unison? Here we go. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. I would like you to take this card and put it somewhere where you will not lose it. But I do not mean somewhere where you won't find it till next Sunday morning. What I mean is somewhere where you will see it when you go home. You can put it on the dashboard, on the refrigerator, on the mirror, in your Bible, so long as it doesn't get lost in your Bible. I would like you to use this verse this week uh, as a reminder of the great promises of God about prayer. Secondly, in, secondly we've given you this prayer calendar, and I know uh, we, we do this every month for all the prayer warriors of the church. You'll open up the first page, and you'll see that it says, April the 1st, Saturday, and some prayer requests. April the 2nd, Sunday, that's today, and some prayer requests. Monday and Tuesday, and, and you just read on through here, and there is a page 
little section here for every day going all the way through April the 30th, which is Sunday, the last day of this month. I'd like to ask you to also keep this. Do not put this down. I want you to put it somewhere where you can use it in your daily devotions. This will help us all to pray, to learn how to pray for our needs and the needs of the church. This is such a practical thing. We want you to have it and to use it in your daily devotions. So you have your memory verse. You have your prayer calendar. I hope you will use it every day this month. It was Thursday night of this week. My wife and I were eating supper at the Outback Steakhouse in Newport Ritchie, Florida, just north of Tampa. We were there with our dear friends, Tom and Faye Phillips. Tom is the director of Word of Life Florida, where I was speaking this week, and one of my dear, dear friends for almost 30 years. And in the discussion, I'm not, I'm not sure how it came up, but we were talking about our own desires and hopes and where we are spiritually, and Tom just spoke up and said, of all the areas of my life, I think prayer is the weakest. Prayer is the area, he said, where I wish I could grow more than I have. And then he went on to say, I get up every morning between 5 and 5.30, and I have a prayer list, and I go over it, and yet I feel as if prayer probably is the weakest part of my spiritual life. And I pause here to comment that of all the people I know in Christian ministry, I'm not sure I know anybody in Christian ministry in a position of leadership who I regard as more godly or a man of greater integrity than Tom Phillips. And yet there it was on Thursday night. And I dare say that if you scratched beneath the surface of most spiritual leaders, most pastors, most elders, uh, most people who lead great ministries, you would find that they would say, that we would say, that I would say the very same thing. Of all the areas of the spiritual life where I wish I was deeper and knew more and had greater experience is in the area of prayer. There are, I think, at least three hindrances that keep us from growing in this area. Number one is the deep sense inside many of us that prayer doesn't matter, that no matter what we say, nothing really changes. Though we wouldn't really say it this way, there is in us a kind of fatalism that says God's going to do what God's going to do, so why bother praying? Second, there is in us a sense, and I think especially with newer Christians, a sense that prayer is hard and that it must be done the right way and we don't want to do it the wrong way. And there is a fear that we will not pray the right way and so we do not pray very much. And then third, there is, I suppose, in this busy day in which we live, a sense that prayer is not that important, that it is important, but that for many of us, there are more important things that we need to do. And so for all those reasons and many others, we do not pray as we ought. And we understand why the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us, teach us to pray. Well, my message this morning comes from the words of Jesus. The memory verse comes from my text where Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. And if I could give you the message in three words, it would be this, that God welcomes prayer. God welcomes prayer. The prayer 
is God's means whereby we as children may receive what we need from God. Prayer is God's appointed means by which we should come to Him. And as we come to Him in prayer, we receive what we need. I think one of the most important insights from this text that I can give to you is the one I'm about to give to you right now. And that, I think, may be the key to understanding what Jesus is saying here. That is the fact. And it is not totally clear in the translation that I am reading from the New International, and it's not clear in most English translations. And that is that this word ask, this word seek, and this word knock in the Greek is not in the aorist tense. It is in the present tense, which is continual asking. Because it's something done repeatedly. And the real meaning of this verse would be something like this. Ask, ask, and keep on asking, and you shall receive. Seek, seek, and keep on seeking, and you shall find. Knock, knock, and keep on knocking. And as you keep on knocking, the door will be opened unto you. The implication of that is that prayer requires perseverance. Few prayers are answered the first time we pray them, but God's delays do not mean that He doesn't care. What this passage teaches us, if we stand back and look at it, we might say that it teaches us three things. Number one, it teaches us that God wants to answer our prayers. Number two, it teaches us that our prayers will normally not be answered immediately. And number three, that we should lay aside our doubts and should continue to pray because of who God is. Is. And so I give you the words of Walt Gerber, one of the pastors from Menlo Park Presbyterian Church in California, who said, Remember, when praying for others, we are not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of His highest willingness. How then shall we look at verses 7 and 8? Well, I think that we should look at it this way, that Jesus is giving us here three levels of prayer. Ask is one level. Seek is another level. Knock is yet another level. There is level one asking. There's level two seeking. There's level three knocking. So level one says, Ask and it shall be given to you. For everyone who asks receives. Ask, Jesus said. Asking is what beggars do. Asking is what those people do when you stop on the exits off the Eisenhower and they want some money. Asking is what the alms uh, beggars do when you go to India or when you go to Nigeria and they hold their hands out and they say alms, alms, alms for the poor. That is exactly the meaning of the word here that we are invited to come to Jesus as hungry beggars asking Him for what we need. We are to ask as a traveler. Ask for help. There's a very simple promise here. Very simple. Ask and you shall receive. So what is asking? I believe level one of prayer is asking for the basic needs of life. We are invited by our Lord to come to Him for whatever we need on a daily basis, and He will give it to us. If we need food, we are to ask Him for food. If we need wisdom, we are to ask Him for wisdom. If we need hope, we are to ask Him for hope. If we need something very specific, we are to ask our Lord for it, and we are told it will be given to us. And I connect this with the words of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. So asking involves the basic needs of life. And note, please, how very broad this promise is. For everyone, everyone who asks, 
receives. And notice how definite the promise is. For everyone who asks, receives. Not may receive, not might receive, not even could receive. But everyone who asks does actually receive. So level one of prayer is very simple. That when we have a need, whatever it is, we are to bring it to our Heavenly Father and we will receive what we need from Him. Second, He says, seek and you shall find. That's a level above asking. Seek and you will find. For he who seeks finds. Now seeking implies a desire for something of great value. It is like the woman who lost a coin and went searching throughout her house. It is like the shepherd who had a hundred sheep, but one of them went astray, and he left the ninety-nine and went seeking the one hundred. It is like the parable Jesus told about, um, well, it's like that parable about the man searching or seeking for the pearl of great price. Seeking implies a search over a long period of time. It's not something that you just pray about once and then you then you forget about. It is something that you cannot easily find an answer for. And I will tell you that in my mind, this level of seeking has to do with an issue, a problem, a difficulty, and you're seeking understanding for the Lord. Let me illustrate. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side, and we don't know what it was. It could have been sickness or Jewish opposition or some other problem, something that was hindering him. Three times he asked the Lord, Lord, would you not remove this from me? That's level one praying. Three times God answered and said no. But Paul did not give up. He continued to seek the Lord to understand why the thorn was not removed. And in seeking, he found his answer. For my grace is sufficient for you. For my grace, my strength, is made perfect in your weakness. Paul could not get the answer he wanted by simply asking, but by continuing to seek the Lord, he found insight that couldn't have come any other way. So level one is asking for daily needs. Level two is seeking for understanding of the difficulties of life. And then we rise to level three of prayer, and that is knock, 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 and the door will be opened to you, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. This word knocking implies a series of raps on the door. It's not knock, knock, and the door is opened. It's knock, knock, knock. It's knock, knock, knock. It's, I know you're in there. I can see you behind the curtain. I know you're hiding from me. It's knock, 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 knock. It is standing there knocking, as people have done at your door. It's knocking until... You can't stand it anymore. And they and you go and you open the door. It is knocking over and over and over again. This knocking and answering, the door being opened, this implies difficulty and even resistance, which must be overcome by perseverance and persistence in prayer. In the New Testament, the idea of the open door is often connected with the will of God. It's often connected with a, a new opportunity. It's often connected with uh, something, some new ministry that you're seeking for and you're knocking or some desire of your heart and you're knocking and knocking and knocking until the door is finally opened to you. It is that desire for entrance, that new opportunity. It is overcoming difficulty and resistance. And so, not long ago, 
fine young couple came into my office and said, we want to go to the mission field. I said, how wonderful. And they said, but we only have one problem. I said, what could the problem be? They said, we've completed all the requirements. We don't know where we want to go. I said, you mean in the whole world, you don't know where you want to go? And they said, in all the world, of all the countries, we'll go anywhere. But we don't know where the Lord wants us to go. And we can't do anything because you can't raise money to go nowhere in particular. You can only raise money to go somewhere. And so I looked at this fine young couple and I said, do you know what the problem is? I said, I can tell you what the problem is. And it's really not a problem at all. I said, the reason you don't know where God wants you to, to go is because you don't need to know right now. Because if you needed to know right now, you would know right now. But since you don't need, but since you don't know right now, it must be true that you don't need to know right now. Because if you needed to know right now, you would know right now. Try to repeat that if you would, please. They were baffled and amazed when I said that, <laughs> stupefied, and I made it up right on the spot. <laughs> but I am sure, quite sure it is true, and so they left happy. <laughs> and so, a few weeks later, I saw someone else back out in our sanctuary a friend of mine who has been seeking the Lord's will, whose job is coming to an end and wishes to know what God has in the future. And this person has prayed and prayed and knocked and knocked and no answer has come. And I said, I said, well, let me tell you, the reason you don't know what God wants you to do is because God doesn't want you to know now. Because if you needed to know now, you would know now. And since you don't know now, it must be that God doesn't want you to know now. Because if you need to know, you would know. And so on. This person, too, was baffled and amazed. And so, that was less than a month ago. And so this person sent me an email within the last two weeks and said, Pastor Ray, you wouldn't believe what happened. I just happened to be talking to a friend and my friend said to me, have you ever thought about serving overseas? And this friend said, no, I haven't. And so why don't you look into it? And this friend said, well, friend who was talking to me said, so I just happened to be walking and I saw a missionary display and I happened to talk to this missionary representative who just happened to say, would you consider doing this? And I said, well, I haven't thought about it, but I could. And so this friend said, well, then I went on a listserv and put my name on there, and I just happened to find something that just happened to fit me. And so I decided I would look into it, and this person put the application in over the Internet and said to me, Pastor Ray, would you serve as a reference? Yes, I would. And so I filled out the email reference, and this person said, okay, I'm going to have an interview. And the person had one on Thursday of this week, long distance with the missionary agency in another part of the world. And on Friday, he sent me an email and said, Pastor Ray, I'm going to be in Kenya in July. In July. The reason you don't know is because you don't need to know. Because when you need to know, you will know. Just keep on knocking. Knock, 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 and the door will be open to you. And so I saw a young couple in our church who has been going through some kind of marital difficulty, of which I do not know all the details. But not long ago, they happened to see me, and they were crying, 
And they were crying tears of joy. And they said, Pastor Ray, you won't believe what God has done for us. I said, how wonderful. And I put my arms around them. And I prayed for them. And they said, but we're going through the fires of a trial right now. And I said, I don't know what it is, but Lord, would you help them? And so last Sunday morning, after one of the services, the wife saw me and just came up and hugged me. She just hugged me. And she said, it's a miracle what God has done in our marriage. And I don't even really know what the problem was. And I don't even really know what God did. But I did remember this, that like seven or eight years ago, I had prayed for this couple. And now God has answered. Now why does it take four years? I don't know that, but I know that Jesus said, knock, 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 and the door will be open to you. There's asking, there is seeking for understanding, and then somewhere up there at the top, there is knocking, 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 and this comes from the upper room, that devotional magazine. Many years ago, when I was a young boy, a friend invited my father for a chapel worship service. That was the day my father found Jesus Christ. He was forever changed from that day forward. Often my father would pray aloud for our entire family. He placed us into God's hands. Many years later, my younger brother and I decided to give our hearts to Christ. Our Father gave us each a New Testament to commemorate the day. Inside the cover, He wrote in red pencil, It has happened. Now I am 70 years old. I know that our family came to Christ because of my father's prayers. He put us into God's hands. I am grateful to God for a father who never stopped praying for us. Through my father's love, prayers, and concern, we found Christ in the same way I also gave my family to Christ. And today, all of us are believers. Truly, God answers our prayers. There are no limits here. Anyone may pray to God about anything. So come and ask then come and seek, and then come and knock on God's door. The emphasis here is on the certainty of answers from God. And it's interesting in this text, three times he says, ask, seek, knock. But six times he says, you will receive, you will receive, you will find, you will find. The door will be opened, the door will be opened. It was Billy Graham who said, There are rooms in heaven filled with answers to prayer for which no one has thought to ask. Why do we pray like this? Because of God's character. Verse 9 says, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now notice in verse number 10, he says, If you then, or verse 11, I guess it is, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts, good fathers are evil, eager to help their children. That's what fathers do. But the key word is good. They give good gifts to their children. If the child asks for a stone or a snake, will he give it to him? No. What if he begs? Oh, Daddy, give me a snake. No, what if he pleads? No. Children often ask for foolish things which are withheld. The same is true with God. Often we plead for things that seem to us like bread, but to God they are like a poisonous snake. Our Heavenly Father says no, not because he hates us, but because he loves us. Sometimes God's no is the surest sign of his love for us. A five-year-old child asks, if he says to Daddy, Daddy, can I play with this razor-sharp knife? What will the father do? 
He will say no, and he will not give the knife to the child, even if the boy or girl cries and pouts. His, te his tears, the tears of the child, show his immaturity. If you give him the knife, no matter what he begs, you don't really love him at all. We often ask for things that would harm us. It might be a new job or a bigger salary or for a new husband or a new wife, but God sees through to the end. He knows that what we would ask, what we've asked for, would harm us more than help us. So in love, he says no. But when we ask for good things, our Father will not withhold good things from us. How much more, he says. How much more? How much more? My Father was not a perfect man, but I never doubted his love for me. I am not a perfect father, but I hope my boys never doubt my love for them. But there is one who is much greater than I am, whose heart is pure and good, and whose love knows no limits. He is my heavenly father, and he bids me come to him in prayer. How much more? God knows more than we do. God cares more than we do. He's richer than we are. He is more ready to answer our prayers, even than we are to have our prayers answered. How do we know that? How do we know that God cares for us more than we care for Him or for our own children? He proved it on a hill outside Jerusalem, a place called Skull Hill, on a bloody Roman cross where He gave His own Son to die for us. We didn't ask Jesus to die. God sent His Son for us while we were yet sinners, while we were still in rebellion against Him. He gave His Son knowing what we would do to Him. Will he now refuse us any good thing that we ask of him? If he's given us his son, will he hold back anything else? No. The cross, the bloody cross, proves the heart of God is good. And we come to that same good heart every time we pray. Look what it says at the end. How will he not? How will he not? How will he not? How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts? To those who ask Him. Look at that phrase. To those who ask Him. What's the only requirement? Ask Him. Ask Him. God wants to answer our prayers. We can expect nothing without prayer. God's blessings are limited to those who ask for them. He will not give if we do not ask. The gates of heaven are, the, are open to those who pray. And those same gates are closed to everyone else. So I come to the end of my sermon now. Listen. In three sentences, I wrap up this text. Number one, the invitation to prayer comes from God's heart. Number two, our doubts come from our hearts. Number three, will we believe God or ourselves? We doubt God's goodness. We really do. And that is why we do not pray. We worry because we have forgotten how good God has been to us. A good memory of God's blessings will fortify us in times of trouble and give us the courage to pray with thanksgiving. Oh, if we could only remember how good God has been. If we could only reflect on all of His blessings, instead of counting our troubles, if we would count our blessings, we would be able to pray, and we would come to God, and we would ask, and we would seek, and we would knock, and we would never doubt that God, who has been so good to us, will not withhold from us any good thing. 
So be encouraged, my brothers and sisters, and fear not, and seek the Lord. And let us come to Him, no matter what our circumstances. Let us ask, let us seek, and let us knock. For those who ask, they shall receive. Those who seek, they shall find. And those who knock, and keep on knocking, Jesus said, in the end, the door shall be opened to them. Give thanks to the Lord and trust in Him and keep on praying.